Welcome, Freedom Jumpers, to another year. The calendar has turned. It's January. This is the first episode of 2022, our first full calendar year in existence as a podcast. This is episode 36. We have not yet missed a beat. Every single Friday since May the 7th of 2021, uh, we have been dropping uh, an episode for you every Friday morning. I am your host, James Jenkins. It is a privilege to be on this journey with you guys. Thank you uh, for coming along for the ride. Uh, So much feedback, so many conversations. It is truly a privilege uh, and an honor. I'm I'm humbled to start another year uh, with our listeners, our Freedom Jumpers. If you haven't yet, if you found us sometime along the way, go ahead and go back to episode one and uh, and work your way through those first seven. A lot of people have joined us uh, since those foundational episodes. So uh, as we start another year, as everyone is working on their uh, be betters and do betters, uh, as I like to call them, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions as a thing. It is be better and do better. So couple of quick asks, if I may. Uh, The first one is subscribe on the platform of your choice and join our Facebook group uh, where the Freedom Jumpers gather. We talk about things. uh, We we break virtual bread together uh, and just build a a community of current and uh, former Freedom Jumpers. So uh, that is really it. I'll leave the other request uh, for later. Definitely want to focus on the content with my guest for this episode, Mr. Trace Meek, the founder of Fetch Underwriting. Uh, very interesting stuff Fetch and Trace and his team are up to, as we will talk about uh, here in just a moment. So, uh, as always, love to connect with you. Feel free to drop me a line at podcast at riskwell.com. Podcast at riskwell.com. Let's go ahead and roll that bumper, and you guys... Uh, I was going to have a great day, but uh, there you go. Enjoy the episode, episode 36 with Trace Meek, Fetch Underwriting. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with RiskWell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Here we go. It's another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. And this episode, I am joined by uh, the one and only (laughs) Mr. Trace Meek. He is uh, the founder and CEO of Fetch 
underwriting. Uh, it is every bit as uh, fetch as it sounds, to use a Mean Girls reference. I know that's definitely not what you were intending, it Trace, but I'm going to be awkward <laughs> and go there anyway. Uh, yeah, so Trace Meek, fetch underwriting. This is going to be uh, one of these dig into an innovative new product, really a new category of product. Uh, and, and Trace is going to unpack some uh, some backstory, help us understand uh, what it's like uh, coming to the point where you decide to launch an insure tech like Fetch Underwriting. Uh, and then we're just going to dig into that and nerd out on some tactical things uh, for you know market placement, identification, and and uh, I'm sure Trace is going to drop some knowledge bombs on us or how we can be more effective and profitable in our operations. So Trace Meek, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you, James. I really appreciate being on the podcast today. Now, this this is really a, a blank check for you, my man. I, I want to give you uh, a spotlight here, make sure people are aware of what you're up to, because uh, I think Fetch Underwriting is just some pretty cool stuff, man. Uh, I can't tell you, on, especially on the ENS side of things, on the, on the commercial side of things, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the right home uh, for placement for for these programs and and I know that that's something that's near and dear to your heart. Um, I'd love to hear your backstory as, as an individual, as as a professional first. Uh, kind of give us the lead up uh, to you know as you began to to you know figure out that fetch underwriting was something you wanted to do. How did you get to that point? So let's start with uh, the little bit of the quick uh, elevator story that takes a little longer. Yeah, uh, yeah, please do. That'd be great. Yeah, so. I say it always started with a broken foot. About three years ago, I was in the yard playing with my kids, and I rolled my left foot and broke my fifth metatarsal. Mm. And uh, we were actually with some friends, and one of them happens to be uh, a surgeon, and he was looking at it, and he was like, Trace, I, I think you broke it pretty bad. And I said, well, will I be able to walk on it? Or he goes, no, you're probably not going to be able to walk on it for a while. So the next day, I'm laying on the couch, and I shout to my wife in the other room. I said, honey, can you give me a beer? And she goes, it's 9 a.m. And I said, I know, but I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. You know, I'm always on the move. You know, agents like ourselves, we're always going and doing. But man, when you break a foot and you can't put weight on it, and you have to use those little wheel carts and park in the handicap spot, it, it makes things pretty hard. So she said, mm. well, do you have anything you've been wanting to do now that you've kind of slowed down or you're going to be slowed down for a while? And I said, you know... As an agency owner, you're in the office all day, every day, and you hear people saying stuff, right? And you hear them shouting. And, and my team would shout across the cubicles, you know, who would write a 15-year-old roof? Or who will write a frame home in this zip code? Or a pit bull? Or a diving board? Or a trampoline? All those things. And they'd shout back and forth all day. Um, and nobody ever really could seem to find the answer. It was just kind of like throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And mm -hmm. And or I would see them lean over their three-ring binder. You know those three-ring binders that are like four or five inches thick that have every guideline from every line of business you have? And they would just sit over it like they're studying for their Latin test, right? Like, this is so boring. You know, a dead language. Who's ever going to do it, right? And, and, and these guidelines are like a dead language sometimes because there's six or seven pages of minutia that we don't need to know about and we're looking for one specific thing and each guideline yep. from each carrier has those lines of information in different places so i said there's got to be yeah. a better way to do it and so so you mean there's not a universal standard of information <laughs> that all carriers follow where the format is the same i guess you would call that an accord app 
Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm not uses. a fan of the court apps either, <laughs> so I really can't use that as a solution. No. No. I, I have to, just as an offhand comment, I gotta say the entire context of this conversation is something that people that are still on the captive side of the of the industry simply don't have any appreciation for because when you're a captive agent, I mean market placement, unless we're talking about you know, some kind of weird commercial account that you're trying to somehow cram into uh, your carrier's, uh, you know, ENS wholesale broker, like Farmers had this thing called Craft Lake. And I know a lot of other captive carriers have some way of placing, you know, ENS products. You know, you're trying to cram it into whatever their underwriting guidelines are. But captive agents don't really understand the struggle that IA uh, independent agents face. You know, market placement can be a real challenge. I mean, you're an IAOA. I'd say what, you know, 20, 25% of every single post in IAOA is some sort of market placement question? Most definitely. I would say, yeah, who will write? Who will write, you know? Where can I place insert situation? Correct. And and the hard part is, is when they post it in in some of these groups, they just say, who will write a DP3? (laughs) Well, that's a very vague question. (laughs) Well, the answer is everybody until we, you know... What what state is it from? Like the people that post these things and they don't give anything close to enough information for anyone to help them out at all. Like state might be important. Don't you think you should include the state at least? Well, especially in no. Florida, we need to know the county. We need to know the age, the dwelling value. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can go down and down and down. And so that's, well, in essence, that's what Fetch is. Yeah. No, it, it is... How, how are you structured? I, I have to be admitting, I'm a little bit ignorant on the basics of Fetch. Is it kind of a, a HubSpot style of knowledge base where you type in some sort of search query and hit hit a button and it just goes into a database for you? Sure, make it sound what, like what it's it really, like? like it's not much. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean from a user interface perspective, is it kind of like Google, but for insurance placement? So in essence, what you do is you go and you put the address, uh, you say home. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a list of filters on the left-hand side, just like if you were to go to like looking for a TV at Best Buy, right? And it gives mm. you all those filters or any type of product you look for online. I don't, I don't mean to plug Best Buy. Cool. Um, but on the left-hand side, and so you can choose like, all right, what type of electric panel it has, dog breed, um, age of roof, type of roof, age of home, number of claims, number of no prior, all that sort of stuff. And so what it does mm. is initially when you put the address in, it gives you all your carriers that'll write in that county, right? Because that address pulls the county. Hey, here's mm-hmm. all your carriers. Then as you start to enter those filters, it starts to filter it down and usually it gets rid of about 80% of the carriers that you have based on if you on how many of those questions you answer. So you started off in Florida, which anybody who understands the marketplace in Florida knows that that might just be the most difficult state uh, to write insurance in the country right now. Uh, I know California and and Texas uh, and even you know New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, perhaps were getting a lot more difficult. But I think Florida still really takes the cake there, doesn't it? For sure. And the, and the changes that happen in the state of Florida right now, uh, I think we've done 120 updates to the fetch system in the past 30 days. So, wow. so, you know, cause the dwelling changes, the roof age changes, the county locations, all that kind of comes into play. But that I, I honestly sounds disastrous. I, I imagine the people that are in Florida could not be happier that fetch underwriting exists. Uh, so you started in Florida. Mm-hmm. When was this? How long has fetch been around? Uh, what was the, uh, you know, the, 
the inspiration to do something like this? Because you used to, you know, do you still operate the retail agency or is that still happening or did you sell that? Oh, most definitely. I still run that. Uh, okay. Part of that reason is it's my incubator, right? So I come up with a lot more ideas, concepts. It helps mm-hmm. me even, no pun intended, filter down what we should add or remove from Fetch. Uh, mm. it, it just helps. It's, it's my test area, right? It, it's a place where I can kind of go, okay, if I throw this in the market, how does it work? Let me test it out with my team first. So I, I love hearing that, man. So you really are the classic story of you identified a problem in your own agency mm-hmm. and you decided to do something about it. And that's how Fetch Underwriting was born. Most definitely. And, and I originally was just going to build it for my agency, right? It was just going to be a simple little product because a lot of agents, they'll either do the three ring binder or they'll try to create their own Excel spreadsheet. And the problem with mm-hmm. an Excel spreadsheet, it's very linear, right? So you literally follow your finger down the cells and go, okay, fits this part, fits this part. Okay, not this one. Then you come back around and, and you just kind of go through. But then you also have to maintain it, right? You also have to have someone in your office uh, always updating it. And I mean, we've made over 100 updates this in the past 30 days. So, And we have a full-time person that's going in and, and managing this. So I, I don't know how other agents are able to do that. Um, so what Fetch does is it takes kind of that linear perspective of, a, of an Excel spreadsheet, but think about lots of little tabs at the bottom that represent each mm. county based on the information of the carrier. I mean, we, we can have an, you know thousands of those tabs is what Fetch eventually looks like if you were to extrapolate it into an Excel. So we actually Mm. look at it as three-dimensional searching, right? Because we're not just searching one item. We're searching five, 10, maybe 12 filters in any given time. And our system, we were able to mathematically calculate how many possible scenarios our system could pull out, and it's in the trillions. Wow. Well, because each data point adds an additional variable to the equation. Correct. See, the cool thing I love about these kind of conversations that really stretch my gray matter and help me expand my just awareness of what is out there in the industry is when you start to think about what happens when this cool vendor hooks up with this cool vendor over there and an API, an integration gets built where like a WonderWrite, for instance, and Advisor Evolved Gravity Forms, when we start talking about like data portability, then Fetch becomes even more powerful when that data is being just pushed into Fetch on the front end and you can click a button and Fetch uses the data that's been supplied by one of the other inputs, you know, through another system the agent already has, maybe coming in from an agency management system or some other way of capturing the data. Give the retail agent the ability to just click and Fetch does its thing. Sure, and and the cool part is in my opinion, is that Fetch would not exist if you didn't have somebody that understood technology and somebody that understood the independent agent channel, right? You're not going to find one of these captive agents even really worry about it because, like you said, they only have to worry about one part of it. So for me, hmm. I understand some technology. I have some strong background. I've, I hired a friend of mine who was a senior developer to come in and build the back end. I, I didn't just build it like on a WordPress. I mean, we built it from the ground up so we could be able to do yeah. whatever we needed to do to make it work right. And so by doing that, we were able to create something that really helps the agent, but as an agency owner and someone who sees it every day, I don't want to input 50 or 60 pieces before I get something. And that's what's the problem with the Raider. Right in a raider, no. we still have to dredge through the whole thing and put fifty or sixty pieces of data in. Hit enter, you get a premium, but those premiums might not even be correct. You still have to bridge over to the carrier side to do it. 
So what we did is we said, okay, we want to make it as fast as possible. So when you start to type the address for the homeowners, it goes through the Google PO or the United States Postal Service data and it pulls it. It starts to guess on address what, prefill correct I, I don't know why these carriers can't do that right you still have to hit tab and hit the city and tab the state tab this yeah. like it, it just think of how tedious that is so well, the google places api is free to use that, the data is already sitting there it is available for anybody to, t- to patch into but i think the nice part is is so i got to start from ground zero a lot of these carriers are stepping in you know 30 40 years later after using dos programs and and whatever else so but the cool part is, is I said to myself, this has to be fast, right? We're talking yeah. about you throw that ball and that dog grabs it and runs and gives it back to you. And my dog, I have a mm. pointer. I have a French pointer. When you throw it, he will go get it and bring it back in like less than 10 or 15 seconds. And so that was my theory behind it. I want to be able to hit that mm. address, hit four or five filters and be able to know what 80% won't write and what 20% will in seconds. And so it usually only takes 15 to 20 seconds for someone to use our system. Well, I got to say, man, first off, you have a dog that actually does fetch. And that's amazing because uh, your, your French pointer is a lot better at fetching than my uh, yellow retriever was. Because I tell you, the retriever part of his name is false advertising, my friend. Because <laughs> he would go and get the ball. He just wouldn't bring it back. You throw the ball and he will chase that sucker like nothing else. But once he gets it, he ain't coming back. He's going to plop his butt down and chew on that ball until he breaks yeah. it. So <laughs> congratulations on having a dog that actually returns the ball to you when you throw it. Well, my family's been no. very supportive of the Fetch program because we haven't had a dog. Mm-hmm. And I, unfortunately, when we came up with the name Fetch, my whole family goes, well, we're going to need a dog now, right? Mm. Because now we have a product that's so defined to what a dog is. And sure. so during COVID, we, yeah. we got ourselves a dog. <laughs> You've got kids then, I'm guessing, that's right? That's correct. I have a boy and girl, yeah. 11 and 7. How old are they? He's 11 and she's 7. Oh, man, those are prime dog years, man. For sure. No, my, our kids are, are four and two, and my wife is adamant that we will not have a dog until the kids are old enough that they don't need the kind of attention that a four and a two-year-old needs. So, man, 11 and seven is prime dog years. No wonder you got uh, roped into doing that. Yeah. Well, I think the, the whole uh, fetch part didn't help either because they're like, oh, you need a mascot. No. Well, No, it's branding, of course. Branding. That's why they speak your language, right? They use your own thought patterns against you. And uh, did, did they, you teach them how to sell? Or are they just you know closing deals and assuming the sale at the ages of 11 and 7? I, I just think it's a – if you know your audience, let's put it that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, ain't that the truth. So. Now, Trace, what, what was it about – was it just being located in Florida uh, that, that precipitated this idea of, hey, I need to create – a tool that will do this for retail agents. Because, uh, I mean, you you are prolific online. I see you're, you're posting and commenting your content. Uh, you're very active online, and you're running a successful agency still. So I got to be thinking that your, your time is short. You've got 11 and 7. You're very active with your family. Uh, how did you go about deciding, hey, you know what? I've got a retail agency, but I'm going to start a second company. I, I think it kind of started off small. Right, I, I don't think I thought it would get this big and be this robust. Right, the, the first time when I launched it, so I broke my foot back in March of 2019, and I launched this at our convention, the Florida Association of Independent Agents convention, in June of the same year. So hmm. you know, what do we have? Three, four months to build this out, and so 
Uh, in the words of the owner of LinkedIn, I believe, he said, if your first version isn't embarrassing, you didn't launch it early enough. And so when I look back at what it looked like in June of 2019 to what it is today, it, it is kind of, it, it wasn't anything like this. But I thought it would be simple and easy to do. Um, but like anything, it, it's really built on itself. And, and, and we're hoping mm-hmm. to really take this more national for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's iterative. It spirals on top of its own foundation. So, uh, I mean, isn't that the truth that with any project that, that we take on as entrepreneurs, we have those rose colored glasses at the beginning of, of how simple and straightforward and, and perhaps even linear, mm-hmm. uh, the development is going to be. And then it just mushrooms and becomes something you never planned on. For sure. Yeah. And I, I got some exciting news. We actually, uh, just got announced yesterday that we were, um, national underwriter property and casualties magazine. Uh, let's see what, what was the title? It was, uh, the top insurance visionary of the year. No kidding. Yeah, so we were one of the top insurance innovators uh, up there with uh, uh, Applied Epic. So we're, we're, we're on the same well, board. Well, anytime you're in the same breath as Applied, you know you're doing something right, my right. friend. So, hey, congratulations on that. Thank you. That deserves a round of applause <laughs> for sure. So National Underwriter Magazine, is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, NU. Uh, it's also propertycasualty360.com is the website. So oh, Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. No, I've been there a bunch of times. So you're a man of many talents. You were talking offline. Uh, you also have, uh, along the similar lines, uh, there is some additional content that you create at the Insurance Daily News. Is that what it's That's called? That's correct. It's, so it's an aggregate website of all the possible stories and information uh, that is in our market, right? So there's uh, IA Magazine, there's Rough Notes and all those guys. And so I take all their data daily, actually every hour, I pull it and scrape it off their sites and dump it into one location known as Insurance Daily News. And we're able to search so, it. Can, so you aggregate it, you index it for searching. Mm-hmm. Uh, much, you know, it's kind of a similar thought process to fetch underwriting just for insurance news, huh? That's correct. And, and it kind of came to me because I get so frustrated at trying to find articles and information. Like, I like to stay up on the insurance and what's happening worldwide. And it was hard to mm-hmm. go to each person's website, just like it's hard to go to each carrier's website to find out if they'll write the risk. Um, sure. And so I've even added a podcast to it now and all the publications and we even have a COVID-19 page so you can click that and mm. see all the COVID information but then you can see every article that's tied to COVID or coronavirus that's tied to the insurance mm. world and it's searchable. So you could look at articles for you know so-and-so carrier rolling out a, a absolute pandemic exclusion on their GL policy or something like that huh? It, it's not necessarily tied to the policy it's just articles that are that are around. Sure, but if a carrier, oh, if a carrier sure. had a press release about uh, a pandemic exclusion or available endorsements or something, that, that sort of information would be on Insurance Daily That's News? That's correct. And we have about 70,000 articles in it right now um, and 2,800 wow. podcasts. You know, we have uh, right now, if I can look at it, we get two to two to 5,000 people hit it a day and about 2.2 million uh, so far clicks through. So it, it, it's a pretty wow. robust uh cool website and you can sign up and you can get the top 10 articles every day from it. So, so you're monetizing that with sponsors, I'm guessing just banner ads and whatnot. Oddly enough, I haven't done that yet. I've been a little, uh, busy with fetch. (laughs) So it was Hmm. kind of a, it was kind of just a 
thing I created for myself, but for sure I'd probably be looking for some ad space sometime. Wow. No, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur from the word go. So the moment I hear, you know, 5,000 daily unique visitors, I'm thinking there's, there's probably a good amount of banner click through ads there. For sure. So that that might give you some extra development dollars for fetch underwriting. Right. And it's kind of my little side piece and my, my little extra spinoff sort of fun that I just kind of created, but it's pretty cool. Check it out. But really, uh, lately the fetch has been really consuming a lot of my time. No, I can imagine, man. The 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 headspace required, the discipline required to be doing three distinctly different professional endeavors. Uh, talk about that for a second, because uh, you know I've asked the question for a lot of people that are doing a lot of different cool things uh, outside of just running a retail agency, which, as we all know, by itself is a full-time job. So you must have a great team behind you on the retail agency, which uh, we can talk about here in a second if you want. Uh, but for you as, as the professional, as the one steering the ship and, and responsible for you know, driving the momentum forward, how do you keep it straight having three distinctly different uh, endeavors? Well, first of all, I have an amazing team at Fetch. I have an amazing team at Meek Agency. Um, that, that really helps. But I, I think the one thing is when so i'm a third generation owner of this agency right so this, they were founded in 1954 mm. and i know a lot of your listeners out there might be scratch agencies i think yep. sometimes it's easier to start as a scratch agency uh, we 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 may we may yep. have a deep uh, conversation about this someday in the future but when you come into an agency that's been around for 60 70 years a lot of the same things have been happening for 60 to 70 years, if, if, you, if you got my draft. Yeah. So you get to kind of start yeah. with policy one. When I came in in 2009 to take over the agency, it, we were a paper office and we had like 15,000 paper files and you would pull these paper files that were four or five inches thick that go all the way back to the 70s and 80s when they signed their UM form, right? And then wow. they were printing emails and putting them in the file. So, I mean, there was, it, there is a lot of work when you have to clean up an older agency. Mm. So no, you're not kidding. That sounds like torture. I'm not going to lie. So of course, in that journey, right, for the past 10 years, I've worked hard to try to, we've gone completely paperless. I thought it would take us a year. It took us three. Um, and that's with some mm. part-time high school kids would come in every day, scan files. I mean, just think about pulling the staples out of them, right? Because there could be a hundred staples in there from every time. Cause some of the people would staple the staple on top of a staple. So just pulling that information mm. out, right. takes time. But then we, we started moving. Once I went paperless, you know, and, and I'm telling your, your scratch agencies too. start that way. Don't spend yep. the money and get a better management system, whatever you want that to be, but make sure it's a paperless system that can drag and drop and put emails in and, and, and manage that data from the beginning. Cause it's a pain to go back and add it. But then we started to, uh, automate, automate's the word I was looking for there. Uh, we, we, we start to automate some of the systems and reporting and, and what it creates for my agents along with having the virtual assistants. I mean, that, that's, that's nothing new. That's been around for a long time, but that's just something we find they help manage our virtual assistants out there and they don't really call in sick. Somebody's always filling the spot. Someone's managing those people and I don't have to do it inside my agency. So by no, and go, go ahead. No, that is basically mandatory at this point mm-hmm. for you to one keep your sanity, uh, but also for efficiency and, and pr- 
profit. What a wild concept, you know, trying to actually turn a profit in your business endeavors, right? No, uh, last time I checked, uh, we're, we're not, uh, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates out here. We're not, no. you know, purely philanthropic or charitable. We, we do actually want to turn a profit here. So um, what, what does it look like uh, for Fetch? What is the business model? Is it a, uh, a one-time fee? Is it a per poll? Is it a monthly subscription? What kind of a revenue model you got there? It's a monthly monthly charge. It's uh, $97 the first uh, for the first user per month, and then it's $12 for each additional user per month. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Cool. Mm -hmm. Now, you said well, right before we started recording, you are actively trying to recruit people uh, to provide underwriting guidelines from the carriers that they use, specifically in other states outside of Florida. First off, is Florida the only state that you're active in right now, or are you somewhere else as well? So we're in Florida. Uh, I'm working with some agents out of Texas, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and North Carolina, or no, South Carolina. South cool. Carolina. So for the rest of the country, uh, if if people wanted to uh, have the capabilities, be able to play with Fetch Underwriting in their state and their agency, what's the best way for them to connect with you and, and help you aggregate some of this data? Sure. They can just log into FetchUW.com. That's F-E-T-C-H, the letter U, the letter W.com. They can log in, set up an account for free. They can test it out. They can message us. Uh, they can email us. But really what I'm looking for is those agents that have those carriers that are frustrated, you know, those those 10 or 12 guidelines that they're trying to manage all the time. If they send them to me, we can upload them in the system and start to build them out to filter just like they do for Florida, but for other states. The hard part for us in these other states is that we don't have content. I don't even necessarily know who's writing in Texas right now, right? I'm very familiar in Florida because that's where I'm an agent, but in these other states, I don't. And so I want to be able to get that information and put it in the system. And a lot of people will say, are you allowed to give guidelines out? The way I look at it is, is that the OIR, the Office of Insurance Regulations, make all that information public. All the guideline is, is just a Cliff Notes version of their manual. And so there's really nothing proprietary on those things other than, you know, if they write a pit bull or if they'll, all their different coverages. So I haven't had an issue and I have carriers right now that are signing on to partner with Fetch and they love the idea because it's going to save them so much time on the back end between their underwriters, marketing reps, and just agents writing the good risks that they're looking for. Well, and also not having abandoned submissions, you know, where an agent starts to put something in and then terminates the process because they discover something along the way that makes it ineligible for some reason. So there's a lot of benefits for carriers to jump on board Fetch, too. Well, and we find that Fetch is more proactive and a Raider's more reactive, right? So we proactively mm -hmm. decide the risks that will fit 
with the carriers you have. The rater rates it first, and then we figure it out based on what the best premium is. So at the end of the day, we, mm. we find that ours helps the agent get it to the bind process. And then in Florida, they inspect the property afterwards. And a lot of the times, the, the carrier will cancel it because of an underwriting issue. So if we could mm. stop that, because even as an agent, if you bind a policy and then they cancel it 30 days later, you're back to square one. And now you got to start all over again and you're losing money. You almost pretty much lose money the first time you write it, depending on how much time you put in it. Mm. No, that's, that is a great point. And kind of makes me grateful that I don't operate uh, personal lines or, you know, the standard markets uh, in the state of Florida. We write quite a bit of investment property, uh, but it's mostly through special programs and ENS and Lloyd's of London markets and whatnot, where the underwriting basically is, you know, is the structure uh, habitable? No. Does it have a roof and four walls? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's eligible. No. Is it above water or below uh, water, right? Yeah, exactly. Is it is it currently underwater at this moment? <laughs> so no. So go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead, so sorry. We are getting ready to launch a new product. Probably when this podcast is being played, we are probably live with it. It's an additional, not an additional cost. It's just an additional part of Fetch called Ask Fetch. And so what we're doing is we're not just going to do homeowner guidelines anymore. We're going to do commercial. We're going to do auto. We're going to do flood. We're going to do every line of business there is. As long as there's some sort of guideline, manual, market appetite out there. We've we've been building this for the past couple of years because this has really been my dream. I want to make it more Google, right? I want a search bar where you can type the word and it gives you all the answers to all the different carriers. So for instance, let's hmm. say um, you're you're writing a home and it has a small farm on it, right? Every carrier has a different underwriting definition of what a farm is, right? So yep. th- it's not really necessarily filterable. And, and this has kind of come out from fetch because people are like, well, can you put in farm? And we're like, well, wh- how do you want to define farm? And usually it's hooved yeah. animals or chickens or whatever, or acreage. So now you'll be able to type in the Google bar farm and our system is machine learning enough or not enough, but more than enough to know that it, it could also mean farms, farming, farmettes, and it looks for that data, and then it gives you all the possible carriers that have that in their information, and then you can filter down by state, carrier, policy type. You can choose HO3 in Illinois, and there, and it gives it to you, and when you click it, it actually gives you the sentences. It gives you a little bit of like a, like think of Google. It gives you that little short, brief sentence, mm-hmm. and then you click it, yeah. and then it takes you directly to the page. So if it's a 150-page underwriting guideline, it'll take you to page 73, and it'll show you exactly where it is there. Instead, So pretty much we're taking your three-ring binder, your PDFs, we're dumping it into Fetch, and we're building this factory of information that's taking every word and every concept to help you be able to unwrite the risk as fast as possible. I love that, man. That is really cool. The 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 potential applications down the road, you know, a year or two from now, they're voluminous. I mean, they, there's so many different use cases. Uh, for this information, you know, being plugged in with an API to a management system or a, a, a platform like a Glovebox, for instance, where, you know, your existing policy has some sort of a change and the, you know, you input the system information into uh, your AMS or Glovebox or whatever and push the data to fetch for a pre-renewal, uh, you know, pre-screening or, or questionnaires ahead of an upcoming renewal and fetch tells you, hey, this is where you should take it. Or, you know, these three carriers, 
and, and you know, pre-fill the information to feed it right into whatever your rating platform is. And my word, you want to talk about a fast and easy renewal. I mean, that's, you know, Fetch makes the whole thing go so much faster because, I mean, there's nothing worse than getting ready for a renewal and having someone say, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I have uh, I had a pool installed and I didn't put a fence around it. Or, hey, I got the kids a trampoline for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many different things that the insured can do to throw a wrench in your renewal process. Well, and not only that, James, with this Ask Fetch part, I want to make it mobile friendly too. I want that three ring binder to be in your pocket and to be digitized like the, the World Britannica, right? You know, the, a, yeah. a giant system that's easily accessible. Because unfortunately in our our world here of the insurance, we're always so far behind. I mean, I remember when I came yeah. in 2009, we still had the scopes manuals on the on the desks and the underwriting guideline <laughs> oh, system. You know, the carrier <laughs> would bring the three ring binders of everything they oh, wanted man. you to know, right? And they'd sit on your desk. So, and that's 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. I mean, whatever the cool new things are in a quote-unquote normal industry, you can count on insurance as an industry to be roughly 15 years behind whatever the newest and coolest thing is. For sure. So, I mean, a a company like Fetch uh, definitely is helping move the conversation forward. So, uh, what's, what's the next thing for you? Obviously, you're trying to get into all 50 states or at least the contiguous 48 for sure. After that, what's uh, what's got your full attention? Well, I, th- I think it's moving to these other lines of business inside of Fetch. It's not just the homeowner's market, but it's also going down this commercial road because I have a lot of calls and a lot of people saying, when you can do this for workers' comp, just to give us the SIC code, right? You type the SIC code in. We want to know what carriers will write that SIC code. That That's really the direction I'm going. I, I want to be a full database for every agent out there that all they have to do is type the question that they have in the system and that will help them find it based on the carriers they're appointed with. So it's not going to give you, you know, if you're not appointed with uh, Chubb, it's not going to show you Chubb. But if you're appointed with Travelers, it's going to show you Travelers. So it helps really customize it for the agent. So I see that happening for a couple more years, uh, for sure, um, along with slowly, uh, maybe you got me some uh, sponsors for the Insurance Daily News. So that could be a, a fun little aspect, too. Uh, you know, there's no telling, man. We are we're averaging about 800 uh, downloads an episode in the first uh, 60 days at this point. That's so, awesome. Uh, it, it's 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 pretty exciting to this little grassroots nothing from nobody and nowhere. You know, podcast is uh, we're finally starting to get a little bit of traction, which has been pretty cool. You know, when when I hear you talk about what your vision is for Fetch. It seems to align really closely uh, with like a, a, a Tarmica commercial raider mm-hmm. where, you know, you're plugging in this information and Tarmica is, you know, including these underwriting filters in with their questioning. And, you know, thinking about the possible use cases of collaboration between a fetch and, and a platform like Tarmica or, you know, not my personal favorite is Tarmica, but Semsi is another one that's a, a commercial rating platform that asks a lot of these you know, filtering questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on on collaborations, on on taking the fetch uh, headspace and and joining forces with one of these other companies that is along those same lines in a collaborative way? I'm always interested in talking to them for sure. I I think what I'm trying to do 
they're trying to really rate multiple carriers at the same time, and I'm just trying to help underwrite it. So I'm I'm really a, a an addition to, and I'd be always happy mm-hmm. to talk to those guys. I know uh, Tarmica. Re- we reached out to each other maybe two years ago or something, but we were in the very infancy stage, and we were just working mm-hmm. on the personal line side, so we really weren't going mm-hmm. down that commercial road yet. Um, but I, I mean, don't don't. Don't quote me on this for sure, but we're not really looking to be raters. We want to be more of a database library of all the underwriting guidelines. And we would love to have somebody like Tarmica come and be able to use our system and just to be able to API it right to theirs and to be able to make it easier for their agents to do what they need to do. And that's right the risk. Well, and that's definitely where my head goes, you know, streamlining the tech stack and getting a database you know, with an API that plugs right into an existing user interface. If something like Fetch can make a, a Tarmica, a Glovebox, a Wonderwrite, etc., one of these other vendors that agents are keying data into already, where behind the scenes Fetch is supplying some sort of useful information to make the whole user experience just that much faster and easier. Man, that is exactly what so many people are trying to accomplish. Uh, you start to dream out loud and man it gets real exciting real fast when you start to think about the improvements at the retail agent level of what can happen when a company like fetch starts to reach more of its full potential now that's that's really exciting thank you yeah we're pretty excited about it what 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 are we missing here what else do you want to talk about before we go because i kind of feel like we've got a good appreciation for what fetch is up to and the the sort of value that uh, you're delivering to the marketplace what have we missed i i guess it's i don't know if we really missed much other than i'm looking for that appetite guideline data from any of their carriers i mean if an agent's out there and he only goes you know trace i only have three carriers and i kind of know them all yeah but the, the way the system's going to work, it's going to help you find those finite things. It's not just who will write dwelling A anymore, but it might be who will write um, farms, right? We talked about that earlier. Who would write like a log cabin? Mm-hmm. You might not remember a log cabin because you don't have a lot of them, but when you do, then you have to feel like you have to crack open that paper book when you could just type the word cabin into the system and it'll tell you who it is. And so I really want to mm-hmm. help build that, and I think the only way we can do it is to kind of do it together as agents and to be able to supply fetch in the system. So, so let's say, let's say there's three agents out there in Montana and one sends me two, two carriers, one sends me two carriers, one sends me, but they all have the same carriers, but they didn't all have the same data. But now I'm able to take each person's little piece of data, stick it together, process it inside a fetch. And now everyone has access to this information that's free to them anyway, but now it's easier to search and now they have everything in front of them. So it's just that little bit of, again, aggregate, I guess is kind of my coin term today between insurance daily yeah. news and fetch, but for sure. Hey, you know what? It, it's uh, not to make any kind of a political statement, but it kind of reminds me of the Drudge Report from uh, back several years ago when I paid attention to the news, mm-hmm. you know, where, where Drudge would take, you know, an article from CNN and, you know, 50 different locations and just stuck it all on one website so you don't have to click around. Hmm, now, I wonder why uh, the hell Insurance Daily News came about. <laughs> no, same same sort well, of theory. Same sort of theory for sure. I actually looked at it designing it similar to Drudge, but uh, I, I kind of hmm. had to get my own spin to it for sure. Well, the, the convenience of aggregation, because mm-hmm. I mean, so many of us that own a retail agency, just entrepreneurs in general, but 
I feel like those of us that are where our try hard is engaged, where we're, we're fully present in the office, we're really pushing the gas pedal, you know, trying to drive you know, net revenue growth and drive innovation. The hours, the minutes are so precious. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about squeezing ROI out of a platform like Fetch, I mean, if you save an agency principal 10 minutes, what's the value of that 10 minutes? You know, if you're making an average of $150 an hour, we'll divide that by six. Okay, well, you just made yourself $25 in revenue back to your bottom line because you didn't spend 10 minutes fiddling with some underwriting guidelines search somewhere. So I have a a user that just loves us, and she is the CSR who does all the renewals for an agency in Florida. And she let me know. She sent me a testimonial. She says, I save at least a minimum of five hours a week not having to go through the guidelines and look at this stuff. And she's the one who's having to do the rewrite. So she has to see if there, if someone else will take the risk. And I have, a, I have mm. kind of a quote out there that says, if you're going to waste your time, you might as well do something fun, right? Don't waste your time doing something boring. So, you know, save those five hours. What does five hours get you? Round of golf? I don't know. Go fishing? Spend time with your family? Don't 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 stay yep. at the office three hours later because you got this risk that you don't even know where to put when it could take you 30 seconds inside a fetch to at least give you an idea. So the call to action for our listeners here, if you're in the state of Florida, by all means, uh, you should check out fetchuw.com and, and take a look and see if fetch underwriting is something you want to add to your agency. If you're outside of the state of Florida, then also go to fetchuw.com and take a look at providing Fetch with underwriting guidelines from the carriers that you use. And you know, to, to your point, Trace, I had the same concern. The second you start talking about sharing underwriting guidelines, I'm thinking, am I violating my agent agreement? Uh, and you know, clearly it's not because those are all state filed and they're you know, with the Department of Insurance across these 48 states. Um, so we're just making uh, it more easy or accessible than if you've had ever had to deal with the OIR. Uh, it's not well, easy to pull. I don't know about you, but I'd rather not uh, spend my minutes and hours rummaging through a, a, a carrier policy manual, you know, reading through forms and underwriting guidelines for hours at a time is not exactly sound like that much fun to me. Yeah. And, and I want to come back, James, real quick, because you had asked me earlier how I'm able to do these multiple things, multiple companies mm-hmm. and run them. Yeah. Um, what, one of the big books I read back in, in mid-2000 was uh, Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't know if you've read that mm-hmm. book. But he's very yeah. big into automize, uh, I'm sorry, um, automating systems and also just doing it once. And then, you know, like he would record a video and save it off. And then if somebody asked how to do it, they just go access that video instead of him having to show a different person every time. And so his big thing was to take it from 10 steps to 5 steps to 3 steps. So... I think that's one of the great things is is that I got my agency to a certain level where I wasn't having to put much time into it anymore and that I started to see these other things as frustrations, right? So I, I wasn't blinded anymore by these other little things that now I said, okay, now I need to fix things in my office. And so this was one of them for Fetch. So I feel like I was able to give myself some time to do that. So that that's... I think that's what people need to think as a principal owner. You don't have to work 80 hours a week. Sure, maybe in the beginning you got to do whatever you need to do to get it up, but you need to you need to figure out a way to make it to where you're going to be bored in the agency and then you get to do what is called habu, right? Highest and best use of you. And so my highest and best use I feel is building systems like fetch. Hmm. 
No, I love that. I haven't heard highest and best use turned into an acronym before. I am a very big fan of acronyms. Uh, So, yeah, I will probably have to use that. No, Habu. Habu. But (laughs) then, again... Use it with my team and throw them a real curveball. They will have no idea what Habu is. Uh, But there we go. But I highly advise reading the four-hour work week because I think that'll really give people some insight of some systems that they hadn't thought of. Yeah. No, and Tim Ferriss obviously has the professional accolades to back up the concepts in his book. He's not one of these, you know, five minute gurus mm-hmm. who's had a flash in a pan of success and, you know, turns into a, a you know, paid coaching program and wannabe author, you know, five seconds after he came on the scene. I mean, Tim Ferriss has been doing this successfully for 25 years Correct. now. So. Well, and then the other book no. that kind of lightened, that that's kind of maybe a different spectrum was Sam Walton Made in America. Right, it was like the, the yeah. creation of Walmart, and 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 he didn't do anything different than anybody else. He just kind of figured out ways to put the locations of his stores of of the location of all his products. Right, so he kind of aggregated everything in one location, then had trucks go out to all the stores, and then he was just a low priced sort of guy. So, you know, it's just mm. interesting to see how someone like Tim Ferriss today and somebody like Sam Walton 50, 60 years ago had similar concepts. And and a lot of those concepts, I think we're going and asking other, Sam Walton will go knock on the door of his competitors and ask them information, right? He just took little bits of everybody's idea and created uh, Walmart. Hmm. Do you think the Waltons know anything about, you know, supply chain management and efficiency? You mean the family today? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the tens of billions of dollars in revenue that they generate annually. Something tells me they've got the efficiency part figured out. For sure. Now, whether or not sure. they pay their employees a fair and living wage, whether or not collecting food stamps and welfare while they work full time at Walmart, that's a different story. Well, for I'm a not getting day. into the politics of it. I'm just telling you the book that kind of gives <laughs> the overview. Okay. No, so. no, no. I'm just being difficult because that we had that conversation uh, a week or two ago in, in one of the circles that I'm in. Just complaining about people that uh, just the state of the society where someone can work a 40 hour full-time job and still be on food stamps. That's a different story for a different day. But what have Uh, we learned though in in this world when people are asking for these pay raises and now they're being replaced by machines, right? Even even Elon Musk says we have to figure something out because a lot of people are going to start being replaced by machines. Like this isn't like 20 years ago when we were in school and they were talking about you know, oh, some robots are replacing to build a car. We're talking about when you check out of the grocery store, right? You don't even have to talk to anybody anymore. You can just go scan your item. You go to McDonald's, you put your own order in. I remember there used to be 10 or 15 people behind the counter taking orders. Now there's one. Yep. So we have to think in, we have to think like those guys too. Not that we need to get rid of people, but we need to find good, valuable people that can do things to help build revenue in the agency. And, and, that's about it, I guess. I <laughs> well, I think it's completely outside the subject of of you know fetch and what we're already talking about. But you know, I have a, a master's degree in communication. the The number of people that need a master's degree in communication is a very very tiny percentage of the population. You know, in in the same way that we as agency owners need to be more creative in in who we're going after and and where we're sourcing our talent. I mean. The world is not going to survive if every kid growing up thinks that they're going to be a Twitch or a TikTok star. Mm-hmm. Like somebody has to be a diesel mechanic, you know. Somebody has to be that that apprentice plumber or electrician or you know HVAC or you know working in a, a manufacturing facility or 
wholesale distribution. Somebody has to drive a trash truck. You know, there, there are so many different ways that people are finding to be valuable and productive in society. And I, I think just the lesson for us to learn as insurance professionals, and really, at the end of the day, we're not even insurance people. We're just entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's find new ways to be valuable and useful, and you will always have a place uh, in society. You know, no one will ever innovate out hard work and diligence and, and a commitment to bettering one's skill set. There's no robot that's going to replace that kind of drive. No, for sure. And our business is also a relationship business at the end of the yep. day. That, that's why we're why people still come to us. We have those relationships. We have that, that sort of stuff. And this day and age, you can't get that anymore, you know? No, that's fantastic, man. Uh, sorry to, to go a completely different direction here right. at the end of the episode. It Let's just, remind people really we were talking about. <laughs> Let's remind yeah. people we were talking about fetch. No, I'm just <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean to to bring it full circle back to finding new and interesting ways to innovate to bring value, which really was uh, the the point of that little sidecar for a second. Uh, fetch underwriting is definitely something that people need to pay attention to because uh, once they come to your state, obviously you're going to want to be aware of that and take advantage. I don't even know how many minutes and hours on a monthly basis I spend looking at market placement. Uh, and I'm very interested to see what happens uh, as Fetch continues to uh, to roll out in, in my home state of Texas for sure. So uh, Trace, you want people to go to your website, obviously, uh, fetchuw.com and insurancedailynews.com, or is it something else? Yep, it's insurancedailynews.com. Awesome. If they want to connect with you for you know other questions or on social, whatever, what's your preferred way to receive communication? Uh, you can, you can, I guess you can. Is DM there a preferred on... channel? Is it uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta? Facebook works. Are you a LinkedIn TikToker? Works. I am not a TikToker. Um, not that I'm against it. I just have to spend time on my own tech <laughs> try to there figure it out before I do that. But um, Or you can email me, Trace, T-R-A-C-E, at FetchUW.com. I'm not scared. Cool. You can blow up my email box. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to I help you, and I need you to help us. And I think together we can really build a great database of information that's easily accessible for everybody. And the more people that hop in, that provide the underwriting guidelines of what their carriers want to write, what they're willing to write, the better it is for everybody. So uh, if, if you want to jump in on that collaboration, visit FetchUW.com. Uh, thank you, Trace Meek, for joining me in this episode. Uh, this is kind of a different headspace. We're not really talking about uh, agency operations specifically at all, which I think is refreshing. So uh, thanks for uh, spending some of your valuable time with us today. Uh, and uh, definitely we'll look forward to sending a lot of visitors to FetchUW.com. So uh, for this episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast, that is all, boys and girls. Uh, check us out on our Facebook group and be sure and go back to that back catalog because we've got more than 30 episodes in our back catalog now and there's still a lot of really good stuff back there for you. So uh, we'll catch you again real soon. And uh, I believe this is dropping in 2022. So hope your January is off to a great start and uh, we'll talk soon. Y'all take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite podcasting platform to get automatic updates on every new episode and help other people find us organically. 
If you like the content you hear, please drop us a quick review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share agency freedom with someone you know who is still on the captive side of the insurance world. They'll thank you later. You can connect with other Freedom Jumpers, ask questions, get advice, and share your best practices in our Facebook group. Just type Agency Freedom Podcast in the search bar. Visit our website at agencyfreedompodcast.com to sign up for our email list and get access to exclusive resources and sign up to be a potential future guest on the show. We welcome your comments, feedback, and ideas. Email podcast at riskwell.com and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination. Until next time, let's go.